Hello my friends, welcome back to Makeup Musings. Welcome to, well, I've been doing this random prompts thing which you may have seen where I talk about literally random stuff. I'll pluck a subject from somewhere and for a few minutes, sometimes a bit longer, I will speak about it. Lately, I have taken this idea and transformed it into a series on my website, meerkatmusings.co.uk, because, to be frank, I am a bit more comfortable with the written word than the spoken word, which I have probably referenced before, and I find it easier to put together something with more flow, shall we say, on the website. So please do check that out. There are so far many, many random prompts I've done. I call them rising prompts, actually, uh, on the website. And I began this series back at the tail end of December. And so far in 2023, I have made a post a day on something random. My ambition, if you like, is to try and do a post every day of the year. So far, I have scheduled posts up to coming up to the middle of February. Of course, that's going to get more and more challenging as the year goes by. As I look for the new and interesting prompts, there will be subjects that simply don't interest me that I won't be able to speak about. But we'll see how it goes. We'll see how it goes. But this podcast is not really intended to update you on website news. It's more of a... Hello, how are you for 2023? I haven't podcasted for a while, not since I think the middle of December actually last year have I done a podcast. So I thought I'm long overdue doing something, even if it's just a little brief update, even if it's something more. And in terms of something more, the, I guess the place I'd like to start is funnily enough, with a writing prompt that I found yesterday that I began to discuss. and uh, It got me thinking along a couple of lines. The prompting question was to talk about the worst boss that you've ever had. And that, for me, was a very, very easy one. When I first moved to, to Basildon, in Essex, I found myself a, a new job. I needed a new job when I moved down here. As, a, well, I was transferring down to a different town. I couldn't transfer jobs, unfortunately. So it was a case of hunting around for something new. And I found an opportunity with a, a TV retailer. It was a retail sales environment, and I maybe didn't appreciate how much of a hard sale retail sales environment it was. And it was for a little local family-run business. Now, I'm not saying that every family-run business will be like this, but my experience, which I will admit is very limited, of family-run businesses as a result of this particular experience has left me very wary of going into such an environment ever again. What I found was with this particular family, if you were not a part of it, then you were going to be doing all the hard labour, which in the case of selling TVs, widescreen TVs of various sizes, 
meant logging these heavy beasts up and down stairs. There, were no, there was no lift, but the storeroom was upstairs. So you had to lug these things up and down the stairs, which wasn't particularly fun or pleasant, uh, alongside other things, of course, as well. And that wasn't you know, the worst element of it by far. The worst element of it by far was the, the verbal abuse, for lack of a better word. Having someone scream and shriek at you that you're an idiot is never going to be productive in any way, shape or form. But the the assistant manager, I believe he was, uh, one of the owners, certainly, uh, was particularly verbally abusive to a number of members of staff, myself included. And it wasn't long before I had decided this was definitely not an environment for me. Another factor in this uh, that I, to be fair, hadn't probably understood when I signed up for the job was that it was a six-day working week. You had one day off in, in the week and that was it. So everything else was basically, you know, down to the grindstone, day in, day out. And it was, at times as well, just thoroughly boring. There wasn't a lot going on there. They had plans and schemes and sales and all kinds of things, but it wasn't a particularly amazingly busy environment. It was just an environment that, to me, was somewhat toxic and poisonous. And I learned a few things about how not to sell and about how not to manage people whilst I was there. It wasn't long before I had found another job and I would be in that next job for ooh, some seven and a half years, I believe it was. But what was interesting about that process was it wasn't long before this particular assistant manager was you know, asking you know, if I respected him and if I would stay. Well, I didn't want to say to his face I didn't respect him, but I didn't. I absolutely didn't. And I know for an absolute fact if he took his approach to my next employer, or indeed pretty much any other employer I've ever had, he would have lost his job in short order for being, well, abusive, for being nasty. He would have no control over his team because I imagine like me, most people would not respect or respond well to his kind of management. And, and that would be that, he'd be gone. That particular business has long since closed down. One of a line of businesses that I leave and then shut down, which is kind of interesting and curious. But what has become of, of him and the team there, I, I don't know. And to be honest, I don't particularly care. Uh, and that's a legacy of how he pretty much did things. You know, he left me in a position where really I have no interest or love for for them in any way, shape or form and their business disappearing. I will confess in a nasty kind of way, brought a smile to my face. In, in some respects, you know, that's mean, people lost their jobs. But to me, you know, it was karma coming around for them. The way they did business, the way they treated their staff, they, they had it coming, which, like I say, does sound quite mean, but it's my honest, raw uh, sort of thoughts as to, as to what became of them. 
When I moved on from that environment, I moved to an environment that was poles apart, not without its stresses and its strains by any means, but in the next environment, I had one of the best bosses I've ever had. Uh, who, I mean, one of the things that he said to me, and it stuck with me ever since, was that if you have to, if you find yourself having to shout at your team, then what it basically sort of means is you've already lost control of the situation and they're not going to respect you. And that stuck with me. That's something that I carried with me from that point forward. He was, uh, I felt, always very fair. He could be firm at times, but as a manager of a store managing a fairly large team, you kind of have to be. But, you know, we had a laugh as well, and, and he knew where to draw the line. And like I say, he was always, to me, very fair. And as a matter of fact, this guy is a friend to this day. Sometime sort of after leaving that environment, after him leaving that environment, we're still friends now. I mean, it's been eight years this year uh, since since we both left uh, that particular employer. But, you know, we're, we're friends, we're mates. We go into the pub together from time to time. It, and that's, you know, a nice experience, of course. And, yeah, I've always had a ton of respect for him. So... It's interesting how you went from, or how I went from a really bad situation to, to a far better one. And it goes to illustrate two very different management styles, one of which, without question, was really, really good, and the other was, was frankly atrocious. <laughs> um, and, you know, whereas I would quite happily work under this um, this sort of second manager again at some point if, if the situation arose in, in the right sort of setting, I would never, ever want to work for the original guy. Never in a million, million years. I just, I think, knowing what I know now of myself and of life, I think I'd be perhaps a touch more confrontational with him as well, which wouldn't end well. But nonetheless, I kind of think I'd, I'd have to do that. <laughs> After the, the office supply place, I moved on to a bathroom retailer where I had another manager that I have come to greatly respect and regard as being a friend as well, uh, who, again, you know, everything was done in a very kind of measured, calm uh, sort of way. And, you know, there, there was no, there were no histronics, there was no shouting, there was firmness, of course, when there needed to be. But, you know, again, he sort of steered me in, in the right direction in a few ways and again I've come to regard the guy as a friend it's difficult for me to sort of say who is you know, the best manager I've ever had because both these guys for slightly different reasons uh, are, are managers I came to have a great deal of respect for and even to regard as friends after my time sort of working with them came to an end which I know I think is probably a mark of why I think they're the best managers I've ever had. I came to see them as as good human beings, whereas the original sort of worst manager I've had, um, I just I never ever saw anything in him that I could relate to or like. So that's the you know that's the theme of 
the most recent, or well, the most recent scheduled post, not the most recent published post. Uh, it's kind of like a preview, I guess, if you like, uh, of what's coming. And there are many others. Some of these posts are more trivial than others, I guess. Not every prompt is intended to be a serious prompt. One of them recounts one of the funniest things that happened to me, although it's also one of the more embarrassing things that happened to me. You'll read it, you'll hopefully chuckle when you read it. And there's, you know, there's quite a few things like that. There's uh, a prompt which talked about um, a word, a word in the dictionary, an unusual word that you might stumble across, an old-fashioned word which might not be used in this day and age, but at one point was. And this, needless to say, was one that even typing with a straight face was a bit difficult. But there was an expression back in, I want to say, Victorian days, perhaps even preceding Victorian days, to describe a small portion of leftovers of something, food, for example, on one's plate. And that expression was titinup. Yes, you might say to someone, you have a titinup of vegetables left on your plate. And this was entirely normal back in the day. As someone pointed out to me in the comments when I made this particular blog post, it sounds like something that a stripper might do to scam you. Um, so that was an unusual blog post, to put it mildly. Uh, there was also something about um, Assart, which is not, as I said in the post, posterior-based painting, but it was actually something to do with bows and arrows. So, yeah, it seems that there's lots of old words which are actually quite rude for some reason or another. There is another pending post which takes a look at some of the weird and wacky laws which are still technically in force today in various parts of the world, despite being utterly pointless in many ways. For example, in 1313, a law was passed in uh, in England that members of parliament could not wear suits of armour to the House of Parliament. And that law is still technically on the books today. If an MP, for whatever reason, showed up in a full suit of armour, they would be breaking the law. Of course, that's not going to happen for a number of reasons, but it may, made me wonder why that law existed in the first place. And I do maybe sort of ponder the practicalities of wearing a suit of armour in the Houses of Parliament anyway. I mean, you imagine like sort of 200 plus MPs in there in very clunky, very noisy armour. And you also imagine how much they're going to sweat in there as well. And you have a very unpleasant scenario unfolding in the House of Commons. I imagine that law came around because of, well, I don't know. I mean, if you're in a suit of armour and you punch someone, you could probably do a fair bit of damage. So perhaps it was something to do with rendering it difficult for MPs to threaten other MPs or to threaten, I mean, at the time, of course, uh, the, you know, the monarchy had a more direct role in governing. So perhaps it was so you couldn't threaten the king or queen. I don't know. But nonetheless, that law is still officially on the books today. So bear that in mind, people. Bear that in mind. You cannot wear 
a suit of armour to Parliament. Uh, if you do, you're going to be arrested. Well, you probably won't be, but you know what I mean. There um, are laws which actually make a lot of sense. I mean, they're listed as being sort of weird laws, but there were some laws in Japan which actually make a lot of sense. For example, you can't uh, post ice cream through letterboxes. It's a very specific law, actually. But I think in general terms, you know, defouling, defiling a, a letterbox and damaging mail is illegal in most countries. It's just, you know, this one particular law is very clear about ice cream as a mechanism. And it has actually happened, which is probably why that law exists. But there you go. And there'll be a post about this as well. So you'll see a number of unusual laws from a number of different places, actually. Uh, one uh, law in Australia, for example, in the district of Queensland, requires taxis to have a bale of hay in the boot for some reason. You can imagine that law is probably not actually enforced, because if it was, I imagine that they'd be arresting a lot of cabbies. Because who, generally speaking, travels around with bales of hay on their, you know, in their cars these days? I don't think anyone does, uh, apart from maybe horse enthusiasts. And how many of those are taxi drivers? So, yeah, that is but another demonstration of the weird and wacky world of crazy laws and a little bit of a sneak peek of what's coming up on this writing prompt series. And there'll be many, many more things, I'm sure, uh, to come up. One thing that actually that I could talk about, and I have already done a post about this, although not part of the, the, the prompt series. If it comes up, then I would have uh, quite a few grounds, really, to discuss and dissect the, the attitudes of uh, certain religious commentators and, some, and look out some direct recent experiences as well. The other day I was going through town on my way to collect my daughter from school and I got approached by someone who, he kind of, for lack of a better word, sort of veered towards me. I saw him coming and you just know straight away what they're going to want to talk about. Nine times out of ten, when a random stranger comes up to you in the street, you know what they're going to say, what they want to say. And it doesn't matter to a degree, number, you, know, you can make it clear that you're busy, that you're not interested, that you're in a hurry, but it doesn't stop them because they don't really care about your time or what you're doing or where you're going. They feel this pathological need to say something. What are they talking about, you're wondering? Well, they're talking about Jesus, about God. They want to get into a discussion with you about religion. And it's... I don't know if this guy was was a Christian, was he a Jehovah's Witness, I don't know. But you know, they, he immediately wanted to talk about Jesus. And this isn't you know, the first such encounter I've had with people in the street who come up to me and want to start an unsolicited conversation about religion. And it's annoying, it's disrespectful, it's intrusive. They could visibly tell, I'm sure, that I wasn't interested. I mean, I, 
I tend to, whenever I sort of catch these people generally around, I tend to speed up with my walking. I, I make it clear I don't want to engage them in conversation, but that never seems to bother them. It never stops them. They still come up to you regardless, as I'm sure they do with a great many people. You don't get people come up to you in the street to discuss atheism. Because contrary to popular opinion, atheism is not a religion. You don't get people come up to you to discuss feminism or race theory or the rights of the LGBT community. But religious commentators, and in this country that is by and large a particular breed of Christian, do believe that they have every right in the middle of the street, irrespective of what people are doing, and without any background knowledge as to that person whatsoever, to come up to you and to start going on about Jesus and about God and about religion. I once had someone, I wondered they were going to follow me home. The conversation started out towards the edge of town, and it carried on through an underpass and up to the path that began to lead me towards my house. And it was like, you know, I'm trying, I'm, I'm, I kept walking because it was clear I wasn't interested. I was trying to disengage. And the guy wouldn't leave me alone. He wouldn't take the hint. That's just annoying, you know. I'm, I'm obviously not interested in having the conversation, but this guy didn't seem to care. And you don't get that from, from other sources. I was told by someone that I have had more than one disagreement with on the subject of religion that what they're doing is an act of love. I don't see it that way. I see it as an act of recruitment. They are looking to boost their numbers. They are looking to get bums on seats, as it were. They are looking to look good in the eyes of God themselves, but I don't think they're necessarily acting uh, from a place of love for me. Or if they are, it's a twisted form of it. If someone isn't interested and they're making it clear in their body language and in their behaviour they're not interested, you leave them alone. And like I said, you don't know that person's background. For all you know, they were a part of the church, but they they left the church because of abuse or because of some other difficulty. And getting stuck in those sorts of discussions would actually be very, very upsetting for them. You don't know what their history is. And without that information, you shouldn't be approaching random strangers in the street to drum up conversations on the subject of religion. But that doesn't stop these people from doing exactly that. This, you know, this tendency of, of some elements of the religious community to want to interfere in other people's lives is, well, it's greatly annoying, really, isn't it? I mean, they, they deem, and this one particular commentator does this a lot, they deem people who disagree with them selfish. They often deem, you know, the LGB community selfish because it has the nerve to exist and people of that community want to have the same rights as others. That's apparently selfish. 
uh, it's selfish to not let people come up to you in the streets and speak to you about something you're not interested in talking about. It's basically, apparently it's, it's selfish not to allow the religious right free reign to do whatever it wants. And it is selfish of other communities to want to be treated fairly. Very strange way of using the word selfish there. But this you know, particular long-term sparring partner has, I think, long failed to grasp that particular concept. But, you know, at this point, I don't think they're ever going to change. And I am certainly not going to suddenly start tolerating greater religious interference in my life. And why should I? If I want to seek out some form of religion, I know where I can go. There are plenty of options for me to do my own research and to consider everything for myself. I you know, have that freedom and I may or may not avail myself of it, but it's my choice. And you know, no one else should be trying to make that choice for me. One of the things which recently happened right here in the UK, and it caused a little bit of a brief, um, what's the word? Furor? Furor? I don't know. It, it caused a brief hoo-ha. There's another word. Between, uh, again, some proponents of the religious right and uh, pro-choice proponents among other people. There was a woman who was arrested for breaching a restraining order. She was not allowed to get within a certain distance of an abortion clinic uh, because she had uh, a little bit of a history of making life very difficult for the already very stressed out women who were going to that clinic. She decided in her infinite wisdom to defy this restraining order and this is where things get maybe controversial, although personally I'm with the, the authorities on this one. She she went to, you know, she went within the boundaries of this order and stood nearby the clinic and she stood there and she was internally praying or thinking, whatever it may be, and then she got arrested. And people were saying that she was arrested for thinking, but she wasn't. She was arrested for breaching a restraining order. She knew full well that she wasn't supposed to be there. She knew full well that her presence alone would make things even more distressing and uncomfortable than it already was for women going to this clinic. But none of that stopped her. She believed she had a God-given right to defy the, the law, and she got arrested for it. But naturally, of course, there have been a lot of people saying she was arrested for thinking, even though that's actually not remotely true. It's, it's, it's a lie, quite frankly, that, that some people have peddled because they see conspiracies and agenda everywhere. If she had abided by the rules, she would not have been arrested. If she was not going to harass already already distressed women 
over their right to exercise control over their own bodies, she would not have been arrested. But making them understand this, you know, making, making this woman and people like her understand this is next to impossible. And people will make up their minds and lock in their thought processes very, very quickly. Anyway, with that, I mean, I've ranted now for almost half an hour about various things in a broad update. It didn't start that way, but it's become that. With that, I will bid you all adieu. I will, of course, podcast again in the future. Who knows where I stand on doing YouTube videos at this point? I don't know. And I will, of course, blog more in the future. I wish you all a very good day, a very good morning, a very good evening. And I'll chat again real soon.